So Connor, you're back home right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to figure out season dates right before the podcast started. Yep. You just got home yesterday. Well, no, today. Today. Yep. And then when do you leave again? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. So you. <laughs> so you you checked in for your flight when? I ch- so I got back from Florida today at uh eleven forty a.m. and I checked in at seven forty a.m. So before I left for my flight. I checked in for my flight tomorrow um, at 7.40 a.m. Unreal. So, yeah, checking in for a flight out <laughs> b- before you even get in, is it's a little like, oh, I don't have a life. Did you even <sighs> unpack? Um, I did. I have. I had to do laundry. So oh, my God. I did my laundry and kind of organized some stuff, got my camera put away because I had been gone for two weeks before that, um, deer hunting, so... Yeah, that's unreal, dude. Yep. Hey, we got any sponsors for this podcast? Yeah, we got a couple. We got Onyx Hunt, you know. So if you guys are waterfowl hunting, deer hunting, turkey hunting, whatever, and you're trying to figure out who owns the land and if if it is private or public, Onyx Hunt is a great app to use. And we actually have a promo code. What is that, Connor? MWF20. So you get 20% off. But if you're listening to this, you already missed their Black Friday sale, which was 40% off. So, mm, so this is your chance. This is get, your chance to, get to at least get a discount yep. at the end of waterfowl season, but the beginning of, the of snow goose and turkey season. Mm-hmm. So, And it renews every year, so you, you know, ask for it for Christmas. Mm-hmm. But give them a code. And then another sponsor is Quick Trip. Dude, they sent me a sweater. Did you see that? They sent you a sweater? Yeah. You bastard. I didn't get a fucking sweater. <laughs> you probably just didn't see the email because they sent me an email asking for my size and I filled out a size and they sent it. Ah, <laughs> that's BS. Yeah, you put that on our story. I laughed so hard. You like jumped out of the blue. You're like, ah. yeah. <laughs> dude, I love it. It's great. No, thank you, Quick Trip, for sponsoring this podcast. The best gas station in the Midwest. Oh, for really sure. Really appreciate that. Bring us into it, Connor. All right, welcome to the Midwest Flyways podcast. My name's Connor Olstead, Joey Vasallo here. Yes, sir. Cal is uh, sick with COVID. Yep. Ooh, COVID boy. That's a big oof. You know what's fucked, dude? <laughs> it's actually kind of dope. You know, um, him and I were together in Nebraska when he contracted it. Oh, yeah, that's yep. right. We, uh, we went down to Nebraska, I think it was, uh, what, the week before Thanksgiving? Um, at least, yeah, if not earlier, <laughs> the week before Thanksgiving or the weekend before Thanksgiving. And yeah, that um, would have been right. Cause yep. And he started getting symptoms the second day we were there and I'm like, well, you know, no big deal. You know, it's, he just has a cough or whatever. He doesn't feel very good. Whatever. He has a headache. He had a headache and a cough and I'm yep. sure he'll tell more detail when he gets on the podcast, you know, next week, but, um, slapped him pretty good. Hit that dude real hard. You know, like when I got it, I got a headache and yeah. or, no, I, I got a headache the first night. I felt like I was hungover, you know, from the night before. And then I, like, I felt really warm, but I was hunting in rain, yeah, like 40 degree weather. So I felt like I was like, I'm going to definitely going to get sick. And then, um, four days later, I just lost my taste. Yeah. That was it. But like, I felt like shit for like two hours total. Yeah. And you got, you got it almost a year ago now. January. Yep. Yep. And then you just gave it to me. Yep. Well, I told you. <laughs> I told you. I was like, ah, I don't feel good. Whatever. I told you I was negative. Or I told you I was positive. No, no. 
You I, told me the next I, day. I told you that I lost my taste and smell. You, you said that Roya was positive. Mm-hmm. And you said, and I feel okay. I think it's sinuses, but I haven't been tested yet. And I was like, well, <laughs> whenever. I'm not doing anything for the next two weeks. Because it was that. That it was uh, right before my Washington trip, um, which we're we're gonna oh, have those right. we're gonna have those videos coming out here. So keep an eye out on our channel. But yeah, flyways. are you gonna are you yep. gonna release those? We're like, gonna drop about those now. First, yep, yeah, they're probably actually one of them's probably already out by the time they hear this podcast. Nice. So there's two. And of you them. and you shot. Well, let's just go into that for a second. Okay. <clears throat> you shot Barrow's Goldeneye. Yep. Scoter. Yep. You shoot any old squaw? I shot Old Squad in Maine, so okay. that one's already mounted in my basement. That's true. I saw that. was badass. Yeah. Uh, what el- What other cool ducks that we don't shoot here did you shoot out there? Oh, um, common Eiders? Nope. The common. That was Maine. Yep, that was in Maine. Um, Harlequin, obviously. and Red-breasted merganser? Um, I did not shoot any red-breasted merganser. I shot the common merganser, and it was like fully plumed out. It yeah. was perfect. Um, and then I guess we... What else? I'm, t- I'm trying to think of what else besides stuff that we shoot here. Uh, but yeah, and my dad got a nice golden eye and a nice barrows. You shot and a common golden eye out there too. Yep, mm-hmm. cool. A couple of them. God, that's sick. And um, that one, bufflehead. Yeah, bufflehead. We had lots of bufflehead's. Um, but they, you know, they're not uncommon. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, well, but you were out there when in January? Uh yes. Yep. So I bet you your buffalo head looked a lot better than mine. Dude, it, it was like it's a rainbow. Honest, so spice. They're beautiful birds. But they let are. me tell you what, dude. You try cleaning them bastards. They're small. They're small and then they have so much fat on them, but their fat is like liquid nails. <laughs> you literally can't get it off the breast. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> and the thing have you ever eaten one? Um, I yeah, I did from this. Yeah, they're fishy bastards. Yeah, yeah, they eat minners. Yeah, and all that other crap. Yeah, it the, did not taste good. Yeah, buffalo head was probably the most common, and then uh, scoters. Um, but yeah, I was just looking through my pictures, uh, from that hunt. It was it was yeah. a fun hunt. No, so watch our Instagram and watch our YouTube channel for those videos coming out. I watched them and I was pissed. Yeah, I was fun. pissed, dude. I was so jealous. Dude, hey guys, should, can you afford this? No, bye. <laughs> we should we should go this year. Let's do it. Why not? I'm down. You know you know what's gonna help us get there? If people buy me with Flyways merch, <laughs> <laughs> and and I restocked, I restocked you sweatshirts. Did restock. Yes, we were out of every size of uh, the tan sweatshirt, and now we have every size back except for double XL. Double XL. When, I think we have one left, maybe, but... You got a bunch of big boys? I reordered it. I reordered double XL, and I only I didn't reorder that many because I didn't think, you know, that we, we needed that many, but mm-hmm. they went first, mm-hmm. and so I'm... Uh, well, let me tell you guys something. When you're ordering the merch, just the sweatshirts for sure, order a size bigger. Really? Both of my Midwest Flyway sweatshirts have shrunk. Really? I'm almost wearing a belly shirt when I go above my head, you know? What size do you have? <clears throat> Medium. Okay. I see I'm a I, medium and everything. Okay. I'm a medium and everything except for sweatshirts I buy a large. Yeah, so, so I I just grab medium for okay. everything. But yeah. But that's because I don't know my body super well. Yeah. You know, I probably should buy larges. <laughs> but anyway. Um yeah. so back to the uh Nebraska trip and Cal getting COVID. Yeah. You so um one of the worst duck trips of my life. Well, 
he he wore a mask all the way home, right? Yeah, yeah. What so, a trooper. <clears throat> yeah, get this, guys. Uh, Cal and I are hunting in Nebraska, and second day he feels worse. And, you know, we're in an A-frame, or we're in a double A-frame, and he's on the other end from me, and I'm like, I'll be fine, whatever. And I had COVID last January, so I'm honestly not that worried about it, but I'm not trying to actively be around people yeah. who have COVID. So um, we're driving home, or we get in the truck, and he's like, man, I feel like shit, can you drive? And I was like, really? You little COVID boy? He's like, well, yeah, I don't feel good. I don't think I have COVID, but I just definitely don't feel good. And I was like, okay. He's like, you want me to wear a mask, man? I was like, well, dude, I just tuned your goose call yesterday. <laughs> you know, so like whatever you have, I definitely have at this point. So I was like, in my heart, I want you to wear a mask, but I would never subject you yeah. to wearing a mask. You know, right. in my mind, I already have it if you have it. Right. Fuck it, you know? And uh, he's like, no, I'll just wear it anyway. And what so a trooper. He wore it all six hours home. And um, and then he gets home that night. He's like, I, I tested positive. And I was three minutes from my girlfriend's door celebrating her uh her dad's birthday and i was like damn it <laughs> so i turned right back home grabbed an at-home test tested negative that night and then waited two to three days and tested again tested negative yeah i'm like cool i got those antibodies son <laughs> i got those antibodies son them antibodies that's Dude, good the last the last two weeks of duck hunting have just been out of this world like so good yeah i have shot my limit every day yeah yeah, every That's time good. I went out, oh, except for one day, I didn't shoot my limit. It was a bad day, but um, but the Nebraska trip, go down, I've been there before, that's where I shot my Mallard band, and um, we got told by a local, like, you shouldn't go. We're like, well, we already planned out this weekend, right? And the guys we were going out with was uh, Gavin, who's been on this trip before, and then Gavin's friend, who's a little bit older, super nice guy, yeah. really cool. And um, shout out, Matt. And... um. We get out there and we shoot, I think we shot three ducks total for the trip. Wow. Three days of hunting. Dang. Three ducks. Totally worth it. No. And one of those ducks was jump shot. <laughs> so it's like, what the fuck, you know? Yeah. I mean, you probably could have called it after day one. Yeah. I, you could tell by the conditions, but it's like, you know what, man? You're here. Might as well try it. Who cares? And of course, the weekend that we go down there, everyone starts lighting them up yeah. up here in Minnesota. Yeah. I, I lighten did, them up. I did see that. I'm like, damn. I was dude. in South Dakota, so I I had no chance of shooting them. Yeah, but no, it was uh, it was a really bad trip, and then Cal felt like shit, and then tested positive for COVID, and it's like, damn it, you know. So then I quarantined for like three days, and just to be sure, I didn't feel any symptoms. I always have like a cough just because this time of year, I have so much. I have like sinus mm -hmm. issues, so I have so much phlegm yeah. rolling down my throat, and I'm like, damn it. That was no, your excuse last year. Yeah, you know, but, <laughs> but I tested pot negative twice, so I'm like, whatever. But the Lord was good to you. He's always good to me, dude. Some <laughs> for some reason, he's always good to me. And what? Uh, what? How was this last week? So Monday, I went out on a lake with a buddy from high school, Tanner. Okay. And he's like, "Man, I think it's gonna be really good. Ice. The lake is frozen up. You know, whatever." And we go out there. Local around here? Yeah. Cool. And um, we go out there. It was a Monday. So we got back from the trip, and I and I had tested negative the night before. And he's like, well, we'll just stand 10 feet away from each other. And I was like, okay. He's like, we'll play the wind, whatever. Get out there. The first group of mallards that comes in. You know, we broke a decent amount of ice to get out there. But then around where we were, 
Um, there was not a whole lot of ice, but it was cold. It uh-huh. was cold, dude. It was like 14 degrees, and it's like, okay, if I get any water on my hands, I'm fucked. Uh-huh. You know, it was a stiff wind. Or I'm sorry, that day we had zero wind. The second time we hunted it, we had a lot of wind. But um, first group of mallards comes over the trees, and we're like, holy shit, here we go. You know, it's like 10 minutes after shooting. And then they come over the trees, and you just lose them because it's so dark. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you see them try to land on the ice about 40 yards away from us. And then they, like, see the spinner, and they're like, oop, and they jump back up, and they come right into the decoys. And we shot three ducks out of that first flock. And um, we shot one hen and two drakes. And then the rest of the hunt, dude, all drakes. Wow. It was incredible. So we shot seven mallards. So we almost shot a two-mana mallards. And then we shot two gadwall, three golden eye, and two geese. Dang. And I was shooting my 20-gauge the whole time. Oh, really? And... Dude, I've never seen golden eyes decoy like that yeah. in my entire life. Like you see them and they're passing over you and they're passing over your decoys going like 50 miles an hour and whatever. It was like that's decoying, quote unquote, for yeah. golden eyes. But these things flew over us, hit them with a diver call, you know, like that. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. they just flipped hard 180. And then they're just like at 10 miles an hour, like wow. two inches off the water, like they're going to land. And it's like pick the white ones. Doom, 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 doom. Yep. Shot three on that first flock. It was like, dude, I love divers damn, coming across dude. the water like that. Oh. It's like, you know, there's so many puddle duck purists, mallard purists out there, but you really can't beat a group of canvasbacks, bluebills, buffleheads, yep. uh, golden eyes coming into your decoys, man. Dude, I, I love it. And that's when I, you know, in the sea duck hunting that I've done, they're all just like three feet off the water. And oh, man, I just love it. It's so nice. I know. I love that shit. So that hunt, like everything happened, like most of the shooting happened in like 45 minutes after shooting light. Yeah. But everything that came in, like came in. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, I was trying out a new duck call that I got. Yeah. From um, Maker's makers Call. And it's like a, it's a cut down. And I'm not a big cut down guy. So then they said, hey, you know, what do you want? It's like, I'll try the cut down, you know? You know, like, whatever. I don't I don't have one. And then I blow it. And I'm like, wow, that takes a lot of air. And then this was the first hunt that I um, tuned it. So I called Scott Trinan. And I'm like, hey, I know you, like, you, you just made a new duck call. Like, what's a good duck, like, duck hunting or duck calling, like, scissors to, like, tune your call? Because I've messed up a lot of duck calls. Yeah. If it's, if your scissors aren't super sharp, like, you're screwed. You're going to ruin that read. Might as well just start over. Might as well just not cut it. So then I'm playing with it, and I get it just perfect. And my JJ layers froze up Really? on that hunt. It was that cold. Huh. It just sounded like crap. And those JJ layers, they are so tight. Yeah. Like, if the conditions are, like, perfect, let's say, you will not get that call off. Yeah. And you can't take the read out and, like, clean it. Like, that's all that it needs is it was just, like, I think it had, like, granola bar or something in there where it's just like it didn't sound good <laughs> a little tobacco a little tobacco yeah and i'm like i couldn't get it out of there and so i'm like well whatever and i had that maker's call in my in my bag so i took that off my lanyard put that one in and um dude it's first of all it sounded so good and we needed it that day because all the ducks were really far away what was so cool about that monday morning was none of the ducks like they didn't really know where to go because everything was freezing and this is a big body of water 
So they're flying, like looking for water to go. And this is a full moon too. Mm -hmm. So they're not going to feed right away. And um, like, so you had to like really bark at them, which is perfect Mm -hmm. for a cut down. And what, when, after I retuned it, it didn't take as much air and then I could still do the low end shit, which Mm -hmm. is what you need to help finish them and help them center up perfectly on the blind. And that morning Tanner and I were just on our game shooting where it's like, okay, there's 20 birds right in front of our face pick out the drakes and we were picking out drakes nice. it was just like fuck yeah dude that's awesome oh it felt so good and it felt i don't know what it is connor but it feels so much better to do something like that with a 20 gauge yeah it feels sure. infinitely better dude oh 100 and like when it's that cold because it was cold man yeah. and you don't want to have to worry about like moving your gun around your poofy jacket and all that and i've done a really good job at this point in my life to not have poofy jackets that's why the that filson uh skaga jacket is so nice uh-huh it's not poofy, but you're still so warm. And so, like, I was actively pulling the gun out in front of me and then pushing it to my shoulder. Yeah. But, like, I didn't need to. So then when the shot goes off, and especially when you're wearing, like, a warmer jacket like that, it feels like it's against your shoulder. It's not. So that first shot really yeah. knocks you back. So when you're shooting a 20 gauge, it's just, like, there's no kick. Yeah. It's so nice. Yeah. You're like, a little, little 20 boy, huh? Little little 20 boy. Yeah. yeah. It's it's how I act. Twenty years old, yeah, and it's what I shoot. Okay, so they <laughs> so that's your, that was your hunt with Tanner, Tanner, and then and then Friday morning, and then Friday morning, um, I go out, I get an invite from Gavin to go on the river, and um, Gavin was on the Nebraska trip with us, right? Mm-hmm. And Gavin wakes up that morning. I was supposed to meet him at his house, and he says, "Dude, I don't feel very good." Yeah, I was like, "Oh shit." You know, and he was saying up until then, like, I feel great, whatever, whatever. And then um, wakes up that morning. I'm like four minutes from his house. He's like, I don't feel good. You should still go out and hunt there with Adam. I was like, okay, I don't know him. So Molly, uh, Adam and I went and hunted this river and we're walking down to this river. And he says like a hundred yard walk to the river. I'm like, cool. We get there and it's a straight decline, straight uh-huh. decline. I'm like, holy shit. And I'm carrying, like, my gun, my blind bag. I got my dog in front of me and whatever. And I'm carrying the heater for the uh, panel blind. And it is cold, man. Cold yeah. as shit. And I'm walking down this hill, and I there's leaves all over the trail. And all of a sudden, whoop, banana peel. Slip out from underneath me. I drop the heater. Just uh. rolls down this hill, dude. If I would have gone down that hill, broken neck. Yeah. 100%. Like, scary as shit. Like, <laughs> uh-oh. And it's, like, pitch black out. So we try putting out like a dozen decoys and the river is just flowing with slush. Okay. I'm like, man, this is going to suck. You know, I don't know if you've ever done it, but you go into a river and there's a current, right? Yeah. But if there's slush, one, it'll drag your decoy away. Yeah. You know, and then two, if it doesn't drag it away, ice will collect and it will start to freeze because the air is so cold yeah, and because that water if it's it's a scientific fact that if it's like icy water and slushy water it is 32 degrees exactly really every time mm. yeah i didn't know that and so once it gets exposed to air it will freeze mm-hmm. like long enough yeah so we like i don't know this kid he doesn't know me or actually he did know who midwest flyways was but like i don't i don't know him from adam yep. which is funny because his name is adam but um, and we got Molly who I do know and she, she doesn't know what she's doing in duck hunting, but like she'll, she'll shoot. She can shoot, dude. She shot some stud mallards that day. Like yeah. it's not an easy shot and she just poof, pillowed him. 
Um, so then like seven minutes after shooting time, you know, everyone, especially when you bring someone new out, you're like, oh shit, where, where are the birds? You know, for those first couple minutes. And then we see a bunch of birds start flowing down the river and dude, then the heavens just opened up and there was like 400 plus mallards right in front of our face, just everywhere. And he's like, you guys ready? I was like, absolutely not. What do you mean? He's 20, you know? Huh. So he doesn't have like a bunch of experience doing this stuff. And I'm like, we cannot shoot into this right now because this is all the ducks, you know? Yeah. 400 ducks right here. And if we shoot in them at first light, we're done for the day. So we all waited and they went like up the two different channels on either side of us. And um, then just groups of two to 40 just kept coming in the rest of the morning. And I was like, hey guys, it's the day after Thanksgiving or it was the morning it was the day after Thanksgiving and I had to leave for mm -hmm. South Dakota and I'm like, Hey guys, we need to, or I'm sorry, we, I'm mixing up my days, but I had to leave by nine 30 and he's like, okay, sounds good. And we just started picking off doubles and singles and triples the rest of the day, just stud yeah. greenheads on the river. And they were doing it so hot, even though all of our decoys were frozen in the channel. Yeah. So then called an audible moved our decoys to the other side of the river. It's like 25, 30 yards across. And our hide was, they had no idea we were there. We set up a panel blind against the bank and it was just, it was dirty. Yeah. Just warming up our hands on the heater and shit. And we were just picking off green the rest of the morning and it was epic. And then hundreds of geese started flying over. I was like, no way. I knew I should have brought at least six goose floaters, you know, like, yeah. damn it. <laughs> but we still killed two. I mean, they were like 15 yards. But what was what was really cool about that hunt, <clears throat> it's like, you never know with dogs, man, is you'll have those dogs that have the drive of, you know, a beast. Yeah. Where they will do anything to get that bird, but those dogs sometimes will die yes, getting a bird. In, in the river. <laughs> and rivers are scary because of down yeah. trees, they'll get their foot stuck and they'll drown. You know, they push up against the ice, they can't get up, and then they drown, they float down the current and all that stuff. So my dog goes out and... And she's nine, for everyone listening. She's nine, and the dog goes out and grabs this goose that floated down the river a little bit. So she comes out where us where there's no ice, and then she floats down river to get this goose. The goose is very alive. And then uh, she starts swimming straight across to the bank where there's, like, two inches of ice. And she's, like, it looks like she's stuck, you know, and Adam starts freaking out. He's like, holy shit, dude, my buddy's dog passed away last year from something just like this. And he gets out of the blind and just starts sprinting. And he's falling through the ice, you know. He's laying like six inches of water, but he keeps falling through the ice and tripping and mm -hmm. hands get wet. I'm like, and I didn't even get a chance to be like, she's fine, you know. Yeah. But like just seeing like the urgency from him, like, holy shit, I got to save this kid's dog. What she was doing was she had the goose in her mouth and the thing was fighting her, right? He was yeah. trying to scratch her face and the, you know, like one, one pecking, <laughs> trying to peck her head and shit. And she can't see, you know, so she pushes this thing up against the ice to try to, like, get a better mouth grab on it. Uh -huh. And what he doesn't realize is, like, she's fine, you know. Like, she's seriously a really strong swimmer. I'm sure you've yeah. seen. Yep. So strong, and she's a very smart dog. So I'm like, he's, like, trying, he's, like, running down river, and I'm like, dude, you, you don't have to do that. But, like, seeing that urgency from him, like, holy shit, I got to save this dog was really cool. Yeah. You know, cool. So then I walked like 30 yards from the blind and I broke this ice. that was like a half inch thick, inch thick. Then I pushed the whole sheet out in the middle of the river for it to flow down. There was like a three foot section where the dog could swim up river and into the channel to me. Yeah. 
And so like he was still trying to get to the dog and I was like, <laughs> and the dog started swimming up river and right into the channel to me, you know, but nice. like he didn't know. Yeah. But when you hunt with someone new and they do something like that and they have that much urgency, it's like, I'll hunt with you again. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Like yeah. I, like I owe him a hunt for sure. Yeah. hundred percent. First of all, that was the best duck hunt I've had in Minnesota all year. Yeah. Damn dude. Like that many ducks in your face and it's like. No, I want them a little bit closer. Then we'll shoot them. And then you call a little bit and then they center up perfectly. It's like, shoot them. Yeah. Like that kind of a hunt where it's like, absolutely. Cool. Let's get it. You know, um, I need to pee. Oh. And we're back. So I had to make pee pee. <laughs> Couple of bush lights here in the blind, you know. You got yeah. they, they really wanted to know that. I know. Well, I had to make pee pee. Yeah. You know? well, so, <clears throat> but anyway. I so forgot then, to give them the uh, commercial. Uh, com- commercial music. It's uh, it'll be this one. We'll be right back after this pee pee break. Dude, everyone loves that. They do. It's great, dude. Logan put it on the camel retro hat. Oh yeah, that's right. That's oh funny. My God, I love that. Um, no, so we'll save my South Dakota trip for a little bit. You have been the most traveling yeah. mule deer hunting yeah. mofo. Of the year, dude. Yeah, I believe I talked last podcast about the Sporting Clay Champion yes, you did. that I was at. Yes, you did. Um, and so from there, I came back for a week, did the podcast with you guys, hung out, and then um, did we, I think we attempted to hunt. I can't remember. But anyway, then we turned, then I turned around and went to South Dakota uh, and hunted quite a bit in a, in quite a few different places too, uh, across the the state and uh it was all for deer mule deer and whitetail mainly whitetail but we did get some mule deer and uh that was yeah we got a lot and they were big really yeah they were they were much bigger than anticipated um as an average for sure for the whitetails or the muleys um for the whitetails the muleys so i was hunting with this one guy i'll call him jerry and um he he wanted to get a, a nice you know mule deer uh, for yeah, because he had he had a really nice elk, he had a really nice whitetail. He wanted to get a really nice mule deer, so I was like, "Cool." We were in a good location to do some glassing and find him. And if you you know, we do spot spot and stock for mule deer and for whitetail. Mm-hmm. And so um, we pretty much go up on a ridge or whatever, get up, get to a point where we can see a lot of ground, find a mule deer, and then duck and follow use the terrain to essentially stay out of its vision and get over to it and. Honestly, I am so surprised that mule deer are still alive because they are so stupid. Really? Like, oh, dude, they will stand there and look at you, and they're like, what you doing? Uh, you, wh- why are you walking over to me like that? You know, it's like I am I am amazed. And, I mean, maybe it's because we are just good at it and we make sure we don't wind them, you know, or they don't wind us. But we we got within, for four mule deer, we got within 100 yards 100 150 yards of these wow. deer. The first time that we did we were within 60. The second time was 90. Um but yeah, we just kept getting closer and closer to these things. Um and it was, you know, and and each time it's like that would be perfect next year, you know. And and this in this reservation that we were on cuz we hunt reservations, um they uh in some of them they didn't let them shoot last year. Uh, but in this one in particular, they let all the res uh, reservation people, when there wasn't any working during COVID, 
they let them hunt. Really? And so they just they just killed everything, like you know. And so we were expecting there to be a lot higher uh, deer population, a lot bigger deer. But the the guy that we were talking with was like, "Nope, it's uh, it's pretty slim pickings out there." So, but we ended up so we ended up finding a really nice mule deer, um, getting this guy on it, and it was a skyline buck and so we had to get closer and get to the so it what do you what do you mean by skyline buck so it's it's where if you shoot at him and you miss <laughs> it would you don't know where it's gonna go yeah you'll kill it, someone three it, miles away yeah and so um and so we ended up chasing this this mule deer um across the canyon and to another place and then we hustled to get there and by that time he knew what we were he had winded us and so we finally got to the to the spot where where we were hoping to spot him and we couldn't see him. And then we, tr- and then I was behind the hunters. So it was a guide and the hunter, um, or, you know, the girl that was kind of like bringing us along or, you know, helping glass and stuff. She, she's, she was the guide, but, um, she, and then, and they both did not see these two mule deer that were on the top of the ridge looking at us. And, and so I filmed the, those two and then I film back and they're like looking the other way then I go back to the deer and then back to them and so it makes it look like once you watch the video it makes it look like they have just no idea that they were there because they didn't and then I finally go guys there's two there's two up there and so then they, they turn and they're like oh and then at that point the mule deer were kind of like trotting down a little bit and um, off the ridge and so then he just turned and mounted up and shot one um, straight on and it just tumbled down the ridge really yeah and it was a nice it was a it was a nice uh you know it, it had four forks and and that's what you want with mule deer four and, by four yeah it was it was technically a five by five because it had brow tines and it was a it was really dark um really dark horn and and so it was great and he's like eh, you know it wasn't as big but it's like this is the last day it was getting dark and we we were t- chasing that one that got away and so it's like whatever and so we got it we gutted it out right there. Or we got the meat off of it. We got the rack off, started hiking up the hill. And then as soon as we got up to the top where it was like this flat top, we see another one that was much bigger. Really? <laughs> yeah. And the, the girl that was guiding us initially had a tag and, you know, she was planning on just like hunting by herself later or whatever. Yeah. But I was like, you got one. Why don't you shoot it? And she's like, okay. <laughs> and she just, uh, aimed up and took it down and it was it was the biggest deer of the trip so what how big was it it was um that was a f- five by or six by five i think and it had like a a drop tine on the on the right side of the rack and it, it was pretty big it, it was it was pretty nice but yeah we uh, on on average we had a lot of whitetail a lot of mule deer and um and they were above average. We shot one with a pistol, uh, 44 Magnum pistol. Uh, so that was fun. And then, um, yeah, it was, uh, did, we did some deer drives, you know, the good old, uh, old fashioned Midwestern deer drives <laughs> and, uh, and got some, some deer that way too. But that's sick, dude. Yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, we filmed, me and Nate got a lot of them on camera. There was one that um, I didn't get that I, that, because uh, I just couldn't spot it. It was, um, we we had a precision shooter, a guy that was, like, very oh good. Um, and so he was like, oh, yeah, anything under 800, I feel comfortable. You know, 800 yards. And usually for, like, the average hunter, you're thinking, like, three or 400, you know, yeah. is what you want to shoot at. Maybe five is, like, stretching it in an open field kind of a thing. 
and he had like a suppressor on his gun. He had a nice long um, scope and everything. He's like, yeah, anything under eight hundred. So six six twenty five. He he just wrecks this deer, and it was it was a great shot. So, but I, double lung it or whatever. I, yeah, it, it died right there. But I didn't get it on camera because uh, I didn't I couldn't see it. I didn't know where it was. It was six hundred twenty five yards away. But. But yeah, a lot of miles on the boots, and um, Nate did great um, as always, you know. And uh, was, yeah, has he been getting? Has he been uh, getting really good footage or what? Yeah, he he uh, he's Making a little your clients happy. Sometimes he's a little shaky, you know, when really? the rifle goes off and uh, he's got <laughs> he moves a little bit, and uh, you know, and the, but you know, you can't you can't all be like me and just steady as a rock. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. Big humble guy. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. We know that you're very good at what you do. Yeah. Well, it, uh, it, no, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And, uh, and we got quite a few deer down and some of them weren't able to take it back. So they had gave uh, me and Nate some venison. So we were super grateful for that. And yeah, it was, it was a fun time. Oh yeah. Dude. But it was probably, it was the seventh to the 22nd that we were gone. So you get burned out or what? 15 days is that 15 days um yeah we, we were we were ready to be done and uh we drove back and and then the next the f- we had the uh one day at home where we were able to like do laundry and kind of get stuff sorted and get footage offloaded before both of us flew out uh for thanksgiving i flew to florida he flew to indiana and yeah so and now it's uh my next uh, hunt would be stuff with Midwest Flyways, but I'll probably be doing a hog hunt down in Florida at some point. Uh, so that should be fun. Nice. But, yeah. Shoot, and that's for fun or is that hogs. you getting paid? Um, I will. The, the trip is like it's organized by me, but I know that there are some product shots that companies want. And so I'll just reach out to them and ask like, hey, you know, you want me to get these for you? And so it's uh, it's a good deal. Nice. It's fun, and it you know it's an excuse to go to Florida in January. So, <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally down for that. But hell yeah, yeah. I was just talking to one of the guys that would be taking me out, and he's like, "Yeah, I need some pig meat, so we should go out." They're nice and plump right now, and it, the weather's cooled off, so there's not as many uh, mosquitoes and parasites and the like, spores and all. Perfect. That. Sounds good. Let's do it. So that begs me to ask the next question: What do you what do you like filming better? Um, big game so that, that's a great question duck hunting is a lot better to film because people can talk it doesn't matter what you're like like you can talk full be loud and you don't have to, you know it's mm-hmm. like what did you say um and uh you don't have to care about your smell um you can you stay in one spot so you can set your gear down and you can focus on specific shots and get specific shots. There are some limiting factors. Like you always have to be inside the blind, Mm -hmm. you know, which that kind of sucks because it limits what shots you can get. Um, but everything is pretty close so you can stick with the same lens. Um, you know, there's, there's like a lot of action that's going on. A lot of calling, a lot of ducks flying around, you can just do a lot more with with duck hunting than you can with with deer and horn stuff, but it's it's interesting how the the, the difference um, in uh, like 
people that duck hunt versus horn hunt, and that's pretty usually what it is. It's like, do you like flying stuff or do you like stuff that has some hornage? Um, hornage. Hornage. Write that down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, and actually, I you can see some of the demographics on the people that uh, at least follow our Instagram, and a good number of them are bow hunters. Really? Yeah. So all you bow hunters out there, you know, let us know what you what you uh, enjoy if you or what you like about you know. I guess they would probably be stand hunters for the most part. Probably not a lot of spot and stock. I bet you if you did spot and stock, you'd enjoy that a, like just as well, not just as much as duck hunting. But I bet you it would get a lot more people that are like super into duck hunting into deer hunting if you did spot and stock. Yeah, because it's it's just a lot more action. Jordan Nisley just texted me and said. Hey, my dude, just thought I'd let you know that I'm binge listening to the podcast while skinning deer. Best of luck, my dude. That's dude, cool. that's a common thing that's going on right now. A lot of people are tagging us because it's the end of the year and, you know, the... Um, Most listened to podcasts mm-hmm. on Spotify or something. Yeah. And the I'm ones sure who don't Apple, give us a review. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Apple will get there, you know, eventually. Like, they'll, they'll release theirs, like, podcast, listen to, whatever. Yeah. But... No, it's... Uh, it's really interesting because I, I've always been around deer hunting and all that, and I was pretty interested in it and up until about 15 when I was like, you know, fuck this shit. <laughs> like, I hate deer hunting, man. You have to be quiet. You have to be scentless. You have to be, yeah. you can't move. You can't do this and that. And See, but, a little ADHD boy. But all that is different with spot and sock. The only difference is that you have to have good eyes or good binoculars and, like, be able to watch watch for that movement. Right. You know, and if you can spot that movement... Because, like, what we normally do is we'll spot them 1,600 yards away. Dear God. And then we just, um, like, we just dip down behind the hill that we're on, weave around the, you know, the canyon that we're in, and pop up within 200 yards of it. And you can you, you can tell with a rangefinder, it's like, there's 1,600. The top of that ridge is 1,400 uh, away from us. And so if we get there, we're going to be within at least 300 of it. Yeah. Um, and so then we just pop up next to them and... And then range them from there. And what part of Minnesota is that in? Uh, we go in South Dakota. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so we don't have canyons and ridges here. No, it's in the Minnesota. Badlands. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I've never done that. I've always sat in a stand or a ground blind yeah. in Minnesota. We were like, I wonder when Bucky's gonna walk by. You know, <laughs> <laughs> if Bucky's yeah. even here. That's ninety percent of Minnesotans. You know. Yeah, for sure. I know a lot of people who stock deer with a bow. Yeah. In Minnesota, on their own properties, but. I've that's, tried that. That's towards the end of season. Dude, that's tough. It is tough. It's, especially for whitetail. They're so skittish. You could they're do so it. smart. You could do it with mule deer if there were any mule deer here, but there's not. So. Right. No, it's just, uh, and when I was watching, like, you know, there's always been whitetail shit on uh, the outdoor channel. And, yeah. Oh, it's the most popular, dude. Right. But here's the thing that's interesting to me and that's why i asked you the questions because i'm genuinely genuinely curious which is better for you i'm sure one's a really good paycheck and the other's not you know oh for there, there's that aspect of like what's better duck hunting or um oh yeah white no hunting. yeah 100 percent for whitetail because there's just so much more if you go anywhere in the country there are whitetail mm-hmm. and people are hunting them even right. down in florida when the, where they're the size of german shepherds yeah you know and there's still a bunch of hunters down there even if they only if they drive up to tennessee and hunt two weeks out of the year you know they once in the spring and for turkeys once in the fall for deer that that's what they do and they they will follow and they will still buy all the gear so there is 
and there's not that you don't just don't get that with duck hunters. So there's a much bigger market. Well, there for is. I agree. There is a bigger whitetail market, but there are people all over the country who do travel to go shoot ducks. Once oh yeah, or twice a year, but for sure. But otherwise, they, guides you know, would be out of a job. Yeah. But at the same time, what I was getting at was, like with whitetail hunting, what you see on TV is a guy sitting in a stand, mostly, you know, all the whitetail shows that I've seen, they're sitting in a stand, and they have like a food plot or something out in front of them, and then there's like does eating, and it's like, hey, so we've been watching this doe for eight hours, and we're hoping that she has enough estrus in her to, <laughs> to draw on the big buck. You know, all that shit. And then, but I think about all the footage that I've seen, yeah. It's like a guy in a stand watching a food plot or watching an open area, cornfield, something. And then really they turn a whole hunting season into a half hour, 22 minute production. Yeah. And it's difficult for me to watch that. But like at the end of it, you know, they're going to shoot a deer. So yep. it's like, okay, how big is this deer? Yeah. You know, with duck hunting, like, so like you as a cameraman, sorry, I'm, going getting ahead of myself so as you as a cameraman you're like okay you have to get that shot on film uh-huh. if you don't you're fucked uh-huh. and that's why i mentioned the one that i didn't this time because it was 625 yards away because mm-hmm. that that's what sticks with me is when i don't get that one shot mm-hmm. yep no so like but that's what people are wanting to see is that buck being shot so when you're watching a show about duck or buck hunting is you know they're going to shoot a deer at the end of this. So all that really matters is like maybe eight minutes of filler shit. Yeah. You know, and then the buck being shot. So like, is that exciting for you to produce versus like telling a story of a duck hunt or a goose hunt and like whatever? Cause no, I feel like yeah, there's it, way less of a story with deer hunting. It's like, okay, we saw that deer on that well, ridge. It depends. It depends on what you, what it is because there's, if if they really if you, if somebody got let into your mind as your duck hunter and you're thinking like you wake up in, in the morning and you immediately check the wind before you even get out of bed yeah and you check where okay where's the sun let's look at the field on onyx that we're gonna be in or the 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 spot and see how the sun's gonna shine on us how that wind is gonna play into it you're and then you're as you're going out there you're thinking of a spread you know and like if somebody really could understand that and hear all that those thoughts that are going on in your mind it's the same thing for deer hunting except for it's okay. Hey, the wind is coming this way, so I'm going to set my stand up here, and I'm going to go this, you know, or whatever it is. Or oh, I spotted this deer over there. This is kind of the, the route that I'm going to go. It's the same story, but duck hunting is more fun for me to tell because there are limitations of filming that make it more fun. Like you can talk. It doesn't matter about people smelling certain ways. The you know this you can essentially set up for a time lapse of the sunrise. And it doesn't matter because you're not going to be moving if you're doing spot and stock. Like mm-hmm. there are just some natural things inside of duck hunting that make it more fun to film. Um, but it's you know, but, but people can relate better with um, whitetail, and so they watch more whitetail. Yeah, I guess it's interesting. I just think it's uh, like it's like get- oh, I if I see if someone's watching the Outdoor Channel. I will watch to see what buck is shot at the end of the day, you know, because right. you just never know. If it's on TV, it's probably a pretty big buck, yeah. you know. But but the other thing with, with uh, deer hunting is that if you put in the work, like if you made a plot early season, if you uh, scouted everything, if you use cameras, find out where the deer are going, you have a much, much higher chance of success. 
Yeah. If you get all your fancy new decoys, you set up a pit blind, you, you know, have ice heaters, whatever it is, like there still is a chance the birds aren't going to fly. Yeah. You know, (laughs) there's always that chance, but I feel like there's also a thing where if you fuck up duck hunting, there's always going to be more birds coming. Yeah. You know, but if you fuck up deer hunting, you're fucked for that one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For the guys that are going for like that one, they name them and everything, you know, they've been following it for years. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I know what you mean there. Um, and it's, yeah, but, but, with that, like you have deer hunted, you've sat in a stand, yep. and just about everybody has. Going out and smashing a limit of mallards, not everybody's done that. And some guys want to, but they don't know how. They don't understand how, and they don't want to put in the money to make it happen. I just, I feel like there's there's so much more money that goes but, into and deer hunting. And so, oh, yeah, for sure. But and, and so what they do, though, is that instead of do, putting all that, they just pay a guide to do it. And mm-hmm. but when the guide does it, they don't have to go through that journey. The guide's going through and doing all the hard work ahead of time and all the thinking and all the all the thoughts that I was saying earlier. And so they they don't get any kind of feeling of success from understanding that, you know. Mm. And so that what's the point in explaining it or having it on a TV show because they're you know what I mean? Whereas with with a deer hunt, if they have their own property or that little piece of land that their grandpa owns, that they're able to just research and figure it out and get through, you know, like they're going to, they're going to figure it out and they're going to have a little bit more um, of a successful feeling when they actually get it. Yeah. Cause deer hunting, like there are deer guides, but it's not as much. It's not as common because um, like letting deer, cause, cause I don't know the stigma behind high fence, you know, it's yeah. like, what well, you know, I was going to say there's plenty of high fence. Yeah. And, and I don't know. And, and it's expensive. And so I, yeah, like we, what we were doing was all public land, you know, and that's, it's, well, that's the cool factor of it. Yeah. And coming into it and just, you know, having the same chance. And we were, we were scouting this, this one deer waiting for it to jump over a fence and come over to us kind of a thing. And, uh, and get close enough so we could shoot it with a pistol, and uh, <laughs> the and th- this blue truck just rolls up to the top, and just like, you know, top of the ridge, and it's like, cool, dude, thank you. What and was he doing? Just looking for deer, because oh, they can, because it's public land, dude. <clears throat> it's not walking. It's no. It's there just... was a lot of walk-in areas, but um, no, for that area in particular, you could you could drive right down to where we were. And, uh, some, and some of them did. So yeah, that's just how it goes, you know? But yeah, so uh, I am, I would like to film duck hunting more and I do like to film duck hunting more. Um, but shit, don't pay the bills. Whitetail, whitetail pays bills. Whitetail and elk, man. They, those people, people love to watch it for some reason. And yeah, it's like, okay, cool. I'll make it. Interesting. No, I just, I've always wondered that because I mean, I know there's that factor of like, Hey, you know, I'm getting paid to do this. So I'm going to do it. And Midwest flyers don't pay you shit. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, I was, I, I don't think we've ever asked you on the podcast on like, what's, what do you enjoy more? Yeah. I remember, because you are a storyteller, you know, and I think yeah. you're a pretty good job of doing it. Like every once in a while you'd be like, Hey, what are we doing right now? Because I'm shitty <laughs> at my job where I should just be like, Hey Connor, come here right now. I'm going to tell you what's going on. But there's that yeah. weird factor of hunting, especially when you're in charge of the hunt, where it's like 
You just got to do it now. Yeah, you, you got to do it zoned now. in, and yeah, you do it now. We have to kill birds. Well, you e- know, even that that hunt that I was talking about, where we were going after that mule deer earlier this podcast, I turned to the guide and I said, "Hey, hey, before we get up to this ridge, why don't you clue me in on what's going on?" Yeah, and she was like, "Ugh," <laughs> because right. I had asked her to do that several times already. Well, if I didn't have that update, then we would have been, had a missing piece, and we ended up shooting a deer, and it ended up going great, and you know, but. It's, mm-hmm. That's that's my job is to make sure that that happens and that's that's fine with me. But the um, there was something else I wanted to say about that. Um, oh, hunting and I've said this before. Hunting is the best, and um, I'm stealing this from Micah by the way, my buddy. Hunting is the best backdrop to a, um, a story that has nothing to do with hunting. So, that's true. And it's like just if you think about it, like if you think about like a military story about like. Some, you know, a guy that is going into like military training and gets deployed and whatever. And then like how they tell a story about him that has nothing to do with his military. You know, it's like his family or his, his family business is going under or something like that. And he needs to come back and like run it, you know, and like hunting is like that for the common man. Cause not everybody goes into the military. Um, and, but everybody can hunt for a long, lot longer than the ages that you're eligible in the military. Right. And, um, and so hunting is that story for so many people. It's, it's that conquering and that discomfort that they, uh, you know, that they go back to every year to make them feel alive. Right. And, the and telling a story of an individual with that as the backdrop is, that's just like the best. That's a really good point. Best way to do it. Actually, because I know so many people that, um, I don't know. It's just like, think about it. Like your grandpa dies. Right? Yeah. And you like honoring your grandpa and so many people were taken out maybe less nowadays than maybe even 10 years ago. Yeah. But like so many people were taken out by their grandpa. I, I've hunted with a lot of guys who started hunting with their uncle or their grandpa. And when that person passes away, they like go and spread their ashes like in their favorite duck hole or whatever. And it's just like, you hear the stories about that person while you're hunting, Yeah, you know? And it's just like, Man, like it's just hunting is such a great area to learn so much more about people because half the time you're not doing shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, honestly, um, well, and our our family bond on YouTube, if you typed it in our family bond, Olstead Media released it. Um, but we did a video on elk hunting and that was the story essentially was that shit tore me up. Yeah. The dad that and he had his two sons and that's what that's how they bonded. That, that's how they came together two sons with their father out elk hunting and and he loved that and and he loved getting them into the outdoors and he passed away because of um prostate cancer and so they went on a final elk hunt or they they had, were planning to go on a final elk hunt with him but they went on the elk hunt in memory of him and that's all we did was talk about him you know and you know we shared a drink on the top of the mountain and and poured one for him and you know they spread his ashes up there and they brought they the oldest brother had his hunting hat and like all, all the feels, you know, and, and they went fishing and all it is, it was great and you should watch it. And we didn't even end up killing an elk, but it doesn't matter because that's, that's not what the story was about. It was about this family. Right. And so, yeah, I'm hoping that we're going to be able to tell some stories, uh, this season still yet. And, you know, a lot more stories to come because duck hunting is great for that. It is man. And like, uh, I was just out in South Dakota for four days. I finally drew my South Dakota lottery tag. Yeah. And I hunted with Brian and 
Aaron from Feather Folder Outdoors, and that we've shot two videos with now. Yeah, you guys crushed them. We fucked them up. I mean, fucked them up. Some of the best duck hunting in my life. I've never seen a feed of 70,000 mallards in my life. And we just annihilated them. And, like, we're almost to an hour right now, you know? So, like, I'll, I'll leave a little bit for next episode. But essentially, like, it was one of those deals where you go and you try to get out of there as fast as possible. Yeah. Because you don't want to mess it up. Because when you find a feed of 50,000 plus, let's just say you find a feed of, shit, 10,000 plus. You want to keep hunting that feed, right? You yeah. don't want to fuck it up. You don't want to um, have to go and try to find them in the next field. Like these these ducks were comfortable. Yeah. Comfortable in this place. And the, and the roost, there was two different roosts. And they were barely trickling off. And we shot our limit every day. So they shot two limits before I got there. And then I shot three limits while I was there and I filmed it. So watch out for that video. It's going to yep. be naughty, yep. naughty, naughty. And dude, it was, it was nuts. We were done every day. Like we were taking pile picks by nine fifteen every day. There was one day we were out of the field on the road by nine ten. Wow. Like we were done taking pictures and we were taking our time taking pictures. Sunrise was we could start shooting at seven fifteen. Like it was it was disgusting. And we didn't even touch the birds that were there. We didn't even see the birds that were there. I think the first day I was there, we saw maybe eight hundred. Nice. You know, so we got in and out of that field so quick. It was easy. Like it was that was some of the easiest field hunting for mallards. Yeah. I've ever experienced. It was gross. So stay tuned for next podcast when I go into detail about what happened and yeah. what we did and all that shit. It was it'll be a good one. It'll be a it was a good one. I honestly want to get Brian out here. Yeah, we should for that podcast because I mean it was dumb. We should. We, I should get Brian out. Yeah, here. why not? Yeah, he's local. He's not far away. Have him talk about it. And uh, his wife supplies our merch, so you can she talk does about supply that our merch. too. <laughs> yeah, a little small world, you know, just like. You know, feed the supporting local, you know, feed the hand that feeds you, yep. you know, type of deal. So, yep. And um, speaking of merch, midwestflowers.com slash shop. You can get some, shop. get some merch. Um, yep. We got discount codes on the website there. If you have, you know, vortex wear needs or, uh, on X and, uh, yeah, check out, uh, the YouTube channel. And because we are now dropping videos weekly, getting those out there, um, we should have a few coming. So, so why do you say that now? Is that because you're done filming your big hunts or yeah. what? Well, cause I, cause no, cause we have a few in the can that I can edit. We do have a few in the can. I just dropped one from uh smack them outdoors. And, uh, so we got another one coming from that and we got this, uh, we could make some from Nebraska. We got two from Washington. We're not going to make one from Nebraska. Okay. It was terrible. Right. Three ducks for three days. Right, We're not fine. making a video from that. All right. And that's the tough part. Yeah. You know, it's because they we still want to see you and talk to you and watch you and just see Cal in COVID form and, you know, it just just watch him. Oh, God. You know. He's so sick. <laughs> He's so sick. But, guys, thank you again. Um, You guys bolstered us. Wow. <laughs> You guys bolstered us above 500 reviews. You guys have been awesome this year. Honestly, I can't even thank you enough. Um, the amount of people that have messaged me personally and Midwest Flyways have been honestly overwhelming. Every time I op open up Instagram, it's like, holy shit. 
I yeah. feel like running our Instagram is a full-time job for at sure. this point. So I just want to say thank you for that. You guys are incredible. And um, just be on the lookout for more stuff, you know. All anyway, right, guys. Thank you so much. Be sure to follow along on YouTube for all of our stuff and uh, show that we are truly not shadow banned. And <laughs> there you go. Have a good one. Yeah. Oh, uh, one more thing.